Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 615 of the milk bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we'll be hearing from Frankie and David Seaman all about the work that they do with cats protection. Not only are they fostering prior to cats moving into their new permanent home, but they're also helping bring new four-legged friends into the world too. That's on the way. Plus, on top of that, we'll be hearing from Reed Waddle. He has some brand new music out there, as well as being a songwriter for other people too chatting about his world we'll be joined by Lottie from 2020's Bake Off she was one of the contestants on the show we'll be finding out how she's doing in her world of looking for love on top of that we'll be joined by Ewan Baggett of EAB Skills to talk about the EAB Freestyle Academy and the fact it is now able to reopen sharing some brilliant skills with kids from across the region Full details on that one. On top of that, we'll be joined by Dudley Mind to find out about their work. And also, we'll be having a little natter with Rachel Chadwick from Funtime Theatre because their fairy flow has got a brand new book out. That's all on the way on the show this week. David and Frankie Seaman are working with Cats Protection to help bring awareness to a fantastic scheme which is bringing hands-free homing to cats who need a new place to live. And they join me now to tell me more. Hello to you both. Hello. Good morning, Jason. How are we doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. How good. are you? I'm good, thank you. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, rehoming a cat, do they get the celebrity lifestyle? I mean, because David, obviously, ex-footballer, <laughs> uh, professional on uh, Dancing on Ice uh, there, Frankie. So, uh, you know, uh, th- th- do the cats appreciate this or do they behave the same way as everybody else's and just know you're there to look after them and serve? They've got no idea who we are. <laughs> we're just their feeders <laughs> yeah, cats, cats have staff we think but we do we do foster a lot of cats and kittens so when they come into our home um, to be fostered and then rehomed later we do try to give them a little bit of the VIP treatment absolutely that yeah. they deserve absolutely yeah and, I mean, <laughs> cats they, the cats know they deserve it but equally they do bring so much love kindness and sometimes dead birds into people's homes uh and uh but it, it is about giving them the, the the love that they deserve and they make such a difference to people's lives and with twenty thousand cats having been rehomed through this scheme this is a lot of love that's been shared out there isn't it yeah it, it is and, and a lot of people don't realize how much affection cats actually give you know, because when, when obviously we're in lockdown, so we've been around the house a lot and the cats have just enjoyed themselves so much, you know, and they're always around us and purring and rubbing their heads on us. And that's what a lot of cats do, but people just don't realise how affectionate they are. And when it comes to uh, making sure that, you know, they have got the homes that they need. So sometimes, you know, somebody may have to give up the cat. It could be that you know, maybe someone's passed on and no one else in the family can, can look after it. Every once in a while, someone finds out they're allergic to cats. And, unfo- yeah, th- these things happen. It is just part of life. But life goes on for our four-legged friends. And uh, it is making sure that they do get moved around. So how does this hands-free homing scheme work? Well, I mean, that's where, and you, you rightly said, a lot of people find themselves in an unfortunate position where they can no longer look after their cats. And I think we've seen this a lot in lockdown. People have had to change their living situations, maybe move into rented housing or, or change where they live. And then sometimes the cats can't go with them. And I think this has been seen across the board with animal charities. Um, we've had a lot of people um, adopting animals through lockdown because they felt a sense of loneliness and the pets have really stepped up to, to help uh, in that respect when we've had less social contact. But I think at the same time, a lot of people have found themselves in changed situations where they've had to unfortunately uh, surrender their pets. And so, you know, cat protection is there for that reason. And we do see a lot of cats coming in and out through cats protection. I think they do about 200,000 a year usually. Mm-hmm. So with the hands-free homing, they've really had to step forward and say, we can't have this social interaction between the human volunteers. So what they've done is they've taken everything online. And like a lot of services that have gone online through lockdown, this has been a huge success. Um, people are now able to go online, search for a cat or search for all the cats that are available, pick one that they think will be a- appropriate for their lifestyle and their household, then apply. And if they're successful, the cat protection volunteers deliver the cat to their home. So it's been a huge success. And as you said, 20,000 cats have been rehomed this way. Yeah, absolutely fantastic news. So it's basically like Tinder for cats. <laughs> <laughs> swipe left, swipe right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Working every time. 
voice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously the, the work that Cast Protection do is vitally important, looking after felines uh, across the UK and making sure there is someone there for them. We can be there too. I mean, as you say, you, you guys are, are sort of fostering as well. So do, do you, are you looking after some, uh, some cats before they then go off to new homes? Well, I specialise in, in pregnant queens and kittens. So, you know, all the cute balls of fluff, uh, we deal with all of that. Um, and the pregnancies and the births, that all happens at our house as well. Um, we get a lot of, I think last year we did 20, was it? Abandoned cats and kittens? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So we do see, you know, from all ends of the spectrum, sort of rescue cats, cats that have been surrendered and cats that are strays or been found in industrial estates. They give birth in all sorts of places. On the trust, trust me, the feral ones are very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're just basically, they need to be able to trust. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, but they can, you know, sometimes when I walk in the room, I'm like, whoa, where are they? Where are they? <laughs> Especially when you walk out of the room, you've got to watch yourselves. <laughs> Only with the male cats. And, they, and, and part of what we do is socialise uh, the cats and kittens and get them ready to be at home because actually what a lot of people don't realise is that if kittens aren't handled and socialised from a very young age, even sort of a five-week age, uh, they can turn uh, and become feral very quickly. Yeah, but I mean, you guys are the ones turning this around and uh, making them uh, social cats so they can. I mean, you won't see them all day. That's you know, it, it, they, they will come and go as they please because they're cats. That's part <laughs> of both the joy and the pain sometimes when you want a bit of love and they're not. You know, they're, they're off doing whatever it is that they do when they're out about. Who knows? I'm like a true cat owner, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I've never owned one, but I have done cat sitting for people in the past, and because they, it, it's it's one of those things where someone's away on holiday. It's easier to look after a cat than it is to look after a dog, isn't it? Because you know, yeah. they will do what they do. You put them some food, you're, you're doing exactly what's necessary in their world. Exactly. You don't have to take them for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> they do all that bit on their own. So uh, if, yeah. if we want more information, obviously there's uh, a lot going on. There's the website to look at to look at the cats, find out a bit about their profile. And uh, it's people like yourselves who are getting to know these cats. So the information's there when it comes to being on the website. And there's a team of you. Not, you don't have to be a former footballer or a celebrity ice skater to, 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 to get involved. You can be anybody who uh, is looking for a, a pet or needs to help. And uh, where do we go to to get that information? Oh, well, obviously the Cats Protection website. And then Cats Protection is a huge national charity so um, within the cats protection website there will usually be a branch uh, an adoption center near you where they have their own website specifically for your area and then you can search whatever cats they or cats and hopefully uh, in the next few weeks there'll be more kittens available as well because um, obviously they're always very popular but we always encourage people to go for the older cats uh, the seniors um, that need a little bit of a retirement home but obviously if you go onto your local cats protection website you'll be able to search all the cats and kittens available and hopefully give somebody a new and deserving home yeah and when the shops are open again go along and spend some bits and pieces in the cats protection charity shops so they can continue the work that they're doing as well and of course you make a donation you leave stuff in your will and uh, you know look after your friends that way and the furry variety well david seaman footballer and uh, Frankie as well, the ex-professional dancer on Dancing on Ice and all that you two guys do. Thank you both for joining us. The list just goes on, doesn't it? <laughs> Pleasure. Thank you. With a brand new single, Too Bright to Fade Away, Reed Waddell is taking the world by storm. And he joins me now for a bit of a chat. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? Thanks for um, having me. I'm good and good to have you along. So uh, explain a little bit, uh, for those who haven't experienced your uh, work before, about uh, your back catalogue. All right. Um, I'm originally from Florida in America. Uh, I'm coming to you from Washington, D.C. at the moment. And um, I made a record in 2019. Uh, called Time the River in Nashville, Tennessee, where I, where I work as a songwriter. And um, yeah, it took about a year and a half to finish the actual album because I had to do it in little pieces because uh, I don't live there full time. But mm -hmm. um, I, I picked a producer, Jesse Thompson, who's a really fantastic uh, producer and player that kind of just helped me envision uh, the record. And, and Too Bright to Fade Away, the single actually was the last song recorded on the record kind of was like, well, I think I'll throw this one on here. And then when we finished mastering it in February of 2020, and then obviously, you know, uh, the pandemic started. So it kind of sort of threw a wrench in things, but it also was like, well, we got to put it out. I spent all this time making it. And I, I really didn't think at first Too Bright to Fade Away would have been the single, but it just kind of made sense with what the whole world was going through 
uh, you know, a pandemic where nobody really knows the answers and it's hard to find a, a, a bit of brightness, uh, but there always is, you know, and we've all had to kind of adapt, I mm. would say. I mean, we're talking on Zoom right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, Zoom is what has made this conversation possible and it's given the opportunity to, to be able to work with um, people across the world. Absolutely. And it, 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 it's given an easier way of interviewing. We would probably have been trying to cobble something together on Facebook Messenger. There wouldn't yeah. be an easier conversation. And it just wouldn't have been such a platform that, we, that we've got now. And this gives you a platform too, because there are, there are the radio stations around the world, you just have to get up at funny times of day now. And you could be talking to someone in Australia or Brazil or wherever. Yep, it's a wonderful thing. And I, I, I'm a working songwriter too. As I said, I work in Nashville, so I have a publishing deal. And I write, I wrote earlier this morning with somebody in New York, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. And if you would have told me you'd be doing 80 to 90% of your work on Zoom two years ago, I'd be like, what is Zoom? Like, <laughs> but now it's like, it's part of our, it's part of our lives and it's a wonderful thing. Um, good old technology, you know, yeah. when it works. Well, yeah, and then there's not a hundred percent, but it, it's, it's a, it, it allows collaborations, which you wouldn't have imagined before. Absolutely. But, but equally, how do you think your music will start to be influenced? Cause this, although you've got, uh, it's sort of an introspection, uh, introspection that uh, uh, means your single is of the now and that uh, takes an understanding. It was written in a time before that all this happened. I mean, what, what do you think will be your, your thoughts towards more music? Because you've got a different world to where you were when you first started out on your solo career. Obviously, if you're writing for someone else, you've probably got somewhere you need to go for them. But where do you go for yourself now? That's a really great question. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of songs coming out. There probably already are that say, hey, we're going to be all right. We made it. You know, I think that, you know, it's going to represent a, a feeling that we all, because all of us, the whole world went through this. It wasn't just like a, you know, a U.S. problem or a British problem. or It was the whole world had to kind of shut down. So I think really what I'm excited for is when live music can come back. I think when once that does, people are starving for it. You know, obviously I'm an artist. Like I'm, I really miss playing gigs. You know? <laughs> like I, I do a live, I do a live stream on Wednesdays, but like it's not the same thing. It's it's been that's another thing. It's been really wonderful about this pandemic. I I never would have done a live stream because I didn't think anybody would want to watch. But it's <laughs> been a way for me to kind of connect with my audience that I didn't even realize that I had. You know. Yeah, but, but with the with the problems that artists have these days making money out of their recorded music and the fact that it's mm. normally the gigs that make the difference, have you been like merchant merchandising as fast as you can as well? Uh, you know, do, do we have you know everything from beer coolers through to tea towels with uh, your name on them? <laughs> That's what I should have. I do have a little bit of merch. I've just been able to. Um, the live stream has really kind of saved me. People have Venmoed me money and like. <laughs> which I wasn't asking for, but it was like, I really needed it, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I think in the beginning, especially, it's definitely calmed down since I, over here, a lot of like, like in Florida where I'm from, it's people are playing gigs. Like it's, it's pretty much an open state. So like my audience has kind of dwindled a little bit, but like in the beginning, like I think people needed it as much as I needed it, you know, yeah. like they needed something to feel like, well, maybe this is okay. Like, mm -hmm you know so it, i'm lucky because i have a publishing deal so i have i have a paycheck coming in but like it, uh, there's a lot of people that had no income at all you mm -hmm. know for for a long time you know but but that but that publishing deal as well. I mean that is is one side of your work, and uh, yeah. we, we're billing you as kind of Americana, adult contemporary. There's the hint of country in there as well. But I mean, I think that just makes that's the accessibility of your music, isn't it? I think, sure. That, 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 that it takes the country label. But with you know all of that, how did you get to to that point from your know, your time growing up in Florida? Because is it the sound of the keys? Uh, do you think, or is it uh, you know something something else that drove you on? Um, well, I grew up in a pretty musical household. My dad was a songwriter, is a songwriter, I guess. He never really stopped, but I always grew up around guitars. And um, the town that I grew up in is called Destin, Florida. It's in the what they call the panhandle of Florida. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a vacation town. So I just grew up around a place where I could play music like five nights a week if I 
wanted to, you know, and I did for many years, which kind of gave me the chops to kind of move forward. And I, I, I decided to move from Florida to Boston, actually, in 2010. Made a record in New York City. A couple years passed to get married. Uh, we ended up moving to Atlanta, where my wife works, or where she did work before we moved to DC. So I moved, I moved around quite a bit. Um, and then I started just going to Nashville because I had a friend there that had a publishing company. I just started kind of going just to hang out. And eventually they gave me a deal. And that's been seven years now, which is weird to even say out loud. But it just it just kind of fell in into my lane, you know, like, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm trying to do now. So have you, in effect, you know, sold a song, which is really part of your soul that you want back from somebody? Yeah, that's a good point. Oh. How do I want to answer this? Uh, <laughs> Carefully. <laughs> there is one song in particular that I will record that an artist recorded um, that I'm glad that, I mean, honestly, when you're a working songwriter, you're happy if anybody records your music. It's mm. it's an honor. It's, it's a badge of honor to have somebody else it record is. your music, isn't it? It really yeah. is like, uh, like, for instance, like, I mean, I don't want to, you know, jinx this, but I have a song on hold with Dolly Parton right now. Like, and if that got recorded, my whole you know, my bio would change. That'd be the first thing I'd put on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, you never say, Ooh, I don't want you recording that. Cause like, I just, it's an honor if anybody ever wants to do something that you wrote. You yeah. They, they share a feeling and an emotion yeah. with you. That's the thing. And they, isn't it? they would do, they could do things that I couldn't do with it. Like they could take it to a place that I, I never be able to. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's an interesting game. I will say like when I made my record, uh, I was writing at the same time and it was very difficult. Like if I had to do it over again, <laughs> I would just put the writing on pause and focus on the right. I don't recommend it. So yeah. it's, it's not an easy gig to, to do that, but yeah. And so making a record's always hard, but like, yeah. especially when you're trying to do two different things at once, just, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, because you're bearing your soul and then trying to put Absolutely. yourself in the place of somebody else telling a different story. I'm trying to keep my job too, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, it, was, it was difficult, but we got it done. So that's all that matters. And what uh, does the future hold? Obviously the, the album, uh, is that that's on full release. So you got the mm -hmm. single that's out there, uh, music videos and the like. Yeah, I'm working on some stuff right now. Um, I want to kind of do like a compilation of some of the live streams that I've done because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've gotten good response from them and they sound pretty good. Some of them sound better than others, put it that way. But I think that's my next goal is to kind of put something out like that it's really raw and kind of just me um but when that happens we'll see but, okay well when that happens we'd like to see it so uh, keep right. us posted yeah. on that uh but uh a busy time on the socials when you're out on the road i'm sure have you been uh sharing any special moments on instagram and the like in the in the lockdown period is, well, is uh, yeah my wife's pregnant so that's kind of been my instagram feed these days like hey we got a kid coming so um i would love to uh come over to the uk when once this is all over and play some gigs over there that's kind of that was kind of the goal in the beginning but now we got to just wait a little longer i guess but yeah. so. let's see what the latter part of 2021 and yeah there we go. yeah but apart from the paternity leave bit because you will have yeah, to take right. some time off to be a good dad <laughs> yeah just a uh, little bit yeah, and it's not just another excuse to have someone else to write songs about as well. So Absolutely. I'm hoping for some new inspiration. Now, that, yeah, yeah. But it's got to be more than that. <laughs> but yeah. Share as much as you want to. Okay, so yeah. where do we find you on all the socials? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Reed Waddle. It's R-E-E-D-W-A-D-D-L-E. -E -D -D -E. And you can also go on my website for once there is gigs. There are gigs again, ReedWaddleMusic.com. And yeah, I, I do a live stream every Wednesday night if you want to do one tonight if you want to stay up late and watch it <laughs> <laughs> and and what's your preferred uh route of people getting hold of your music probably through my website yeah i have like, yeah follow emails. the links from the website yeah there's there's all the information you need is is on the website or just on facebook really or instagram any of the socials i'm, I'm pretty active on there so i appreciate you guys playing my, my music I, well, we're about to take a listen to too bright to fade away time the river is the album and it is all out there look at for reed waddle you're going to be hearing that name more i think and, and uh, <laughs> rather than just having to look for it on the uh, in brackets underneath the song title <laughs> when somebody else is performing as well 
but uh, check him out check out the music read fantastic music thank you for joining us and we look forward to even more of from you and hopefully see you in the uk in the not too distant future family in tow i hope so too thank you so much for having me and thanks for playing the song i appreciate it it's been a long time coming and you've gone too far to turn back around you can feel the clocks are running and do all that you can to slow them down you can feel it in your fingers like some ghosts between your heart and your bones and you were made for something bigger even if you can't feel it on your own baby of a star shining Time Theatre's Fairy Flow is actually out there doing great things in her second book. So that's more. Rachel Chadwick joins me now. Hello. Hello. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you too. Uh, hopefully you're having a fantastic time. Yes, enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, and, and you've been out and about with uh, the Easter Bunny the last few days, which must have been quite good fun. Yes, I have. You might have seen us around the black country with the Easter Bunny. Yes, he's been visiting lots of good boys and girls with some treats. It's always good. It, it all helps. I, I, I don't know where my stuff is, but I, I've, got, I've got an egg anyway, so I, I can cope. So tell us about <laughs> Fairy Flow's second outing in book form. Yes, so the second book's out now. Um, it's Fairy Flow's visit to the dairy farm. 
got right here. They're modelling the book itself. Model uh, for you. Because <laughs> Fairy Flo is a character who uh, is part of the Funtime Theatre family and will go out to events and parties and has been doing so socially distanced over the last 12 months and he's probably can't wait to see people in real life as soon as it's allowed. Yes, yeah, she has. So she's been on lots of adventures so far. But yes, she's been very quiet the past few months mm -hmm. as she's, of course, been socially distancing. But writing a book now. in the meantime, that's what she, she's been busy, but she's been involved. So who works with you on the on the books? So we've got two lovely people that work with us to create the books. We've got Susan Topney, who writes the uh, writes all the lovely words for us and Paul Burke, who does the illustrations, which if you've seen the book online, they give you a quick sneak peek. They're just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so the, the way I like to think of it is one of them is helping uh, Fairy Flow tell the story, the other one is doing the documentation of it. it it's Because it, it's all about Fairy Flow, isn't it? That's the important thing. Yes, it's all about Fairy Flow, where she's going to go, what adventures, and what she can teach the young ones on those adventures. So her visit to the dairy farm, she discovers what it is that happens on a dairy farm, how the dairy farm works, and, of course, what it is that we get from the dairy farm, of course, milk. Mm -hmm. So we've been reading the book as well on our Easter visits and lots of the little ones have absolutely loved it. They've loved looking at the pictures. They've loved getting involved with telling us their favourite things that have dairy in them. And, and this is all part of the, the big Funtime Theatre thing, isn't it? Because it, it, it's, it's, uh, uh, you, you've been doing some brilliant stuff and whether it's uh, a panto or something you're involved with or however it works, you, you get into so many different projects. But also online over the last 12 months, we've talked in the past about uh, your get-togethers uh, on, on afternoons, singing for people. You've done uh, care homes and the like. And you're basically catering from everyone from zero through to 150. Yes, we are. And that's something we've always done since we set up but it's something that we've been able to take down different avenues during lockdown if if you'd have told us this time last year that we'd have had two children's books out we wouldn't have believed you because <laughs> we thought lockdown was going to be a simple couple of months yeah <laughs> somewhat different to what we'd, uh, we'd we thought when we were going into this and it, it's the, the whole concept of theatre working from home has been a bit of a strange one but still it hasn't stopped you and Will dressing up has it? No you, well you'll never stop me and Will dressing up <laughs> it will take more than a global pandemic but yes we've been extremely lucky that we've been able to turn our work into a virtual event so whether that's been people booking us to do a live over Zoom or Facebook whether it's been us doing a recorded pantomime, which we've got our Mother Goose pantomime out at the moment for the little ones over Easter. It's so, all, all sorts of things which uh, yeah, just make life that little bit more fun and, and a lot more bearable and keep the kids entertained in, in the majority of cases, but also it, the fact that it, it's, it's great quality theatre, the adults appreciate everything that you do as well. And so you, you talked about some of the, yeah, the little bits and pieces there, but I say the, the doorstep stuff, I think, has been an absolute amazing thing to do, hasn't it? Having a character turn up outside the house. Yes, it has. We've done lots of birthday parties. Well, not parties as such, but birthday visits mm -hmm. where a character's turned up to wish the, the child happy birthday. And there's not a lot you can do for birthdays at the moment, is there? Mm -hmm. They're becoming a little bit monotonous, I think, especially for the poor people with March and April birthdays who've now had two yeah. in lockdown. <laughs> so it just it's great to bring a smile to their faces. It's great to do what we love doing. It's great to still be out there in the community, keeping theatre alive. Yeah, and, and it works, and say, through the, the tie-ins with the books, the doorstep visits, I mean, Fairy Flow can turn up on your doorstep if you if, if you ask her nicely. And... She certainly can, yes. Fairy Flow can turn up for birthdays, christenings, a general well done. Mm -hmm. And it's it, all this it's at, at sensible prices too, because so, and you appreciate the difficult position everybody else is in. You've got to make money too, but uh, equally, you know, it, it's, it, it all helps everybody, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. So the book's four ninety nine, and you can get that over on our website which I'll I'll give you all the details at the end mm -hmm. but yes we try to keep it as reasonable as we can obviously we've got to pay for all the printing costs etc and hopefully she'll be making her way onto Amazon soon 
fingers crossed and uh, yeah. yeah she can spread her fairy magic just that little bit wider that way but she's loved yeah. by all kids isn't she i mean I, I, I've, I've seen just a few of the pictures you had when she's turned up at events and uh, or, or, or non-events as this i think we should call them yeah. at the moment but when she's appeared uh, as, as as fairy flow cat i mean she, she's had such a great response and I mean, it's, it's lovely having your own character as well isn't it even though you can offer various characters from all sorts of different uh, shows yes so when we saw when we saw fairy flow available and obviously unbranded we thought brilliant that's exactly why we wanted her so she she's our character she's our mascot funtime theatre's fairy flow so yeah it's been brilliant and hopefully as the restrictions ease and she's able to go to some more places then she'll be on lots more adventures on youtube oh. and then hopefully one of those adventures will be turned into the third book well, who knows what could happen yet. Fairy Flow does, but she's not letting on just at this minute. Uh, no. So where, where do we go for all the details and everything Funtime Theatre are doing? So you can head to the website, which is funtimetheatre.co.uk. If you pop forward slash shop on the end, then that will take you directly to purchase the book or the pantomime for this um, Easter holiday. And then there's lots of other things on there as well. There's the Christmas book, if you've started your Christmas shopping yet. <laughs> lots of other things going on and of course if you follow us on facebook or instagram you'll see everything that we've got going on throughout the months ahead so whether that's a couple of live events on facebook and hopefully it won't be too long and we'll be back out and about absolutely yeah. so, i mean you, you've done i say you, you've got to charge for some of what you do you're doing a load of stuff for free to keep people amused as well that's the that's the best bit you just want to share unfortunately yes the time does come where you we've got to pay the bills as well yeah so so enjoy the free stuff because i say your facebook lives completely free of charge but if you can drop a tip in the hat that'd be fantastic and uh, also if you can then off the back of that go yeah look they did a fantastic job they kept us amused i'd like to buy that thing and keep that amusement going support funtime theater as everything out there it, it it's it's it, it's paying for just to get by at the moment isn't it and it'd be great as soon as we can get you back to it a proper is, living yes. And hopefully, once this does start to come to an end, and as the restrictions do ease, we've got lots of events booked in for uh, the end of April and into May, obviously outside and socially distanced. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, as things start to ease back, we'll be in a position to be back out and about in the community again. Yeah, let's share everything that we can and make sure that we're supporting all our local theatre groups and our venues. Funtime Theatre are one who certainly deserve your patronage and they do a great job, Will and Rachel, behind it. But there's a huge team there as well, isn't there? So, you know, you, you, you're bringing people so in. There's so many people behind us that um, support us. Our families are absolutely amazing with supporting us in everything we do. And all our followers, the regulars, people that have booked everything we've done so far. So we, we're so, so grateful for the support. And even if you don't need to purchase something for yourself, just sharing it over Facebook. Yeah. It goes so far. Social media is a wonderful thing when mm -hmm. it wants to be. So just the liking and the sharing and the tagging, that is just as important as well. It all helps. So all of those details then, please. Once again, the website and the Facebook pages and the socials. Yes. So the website is funtimetheatre.co.uk. And Facebook, we are Funtime Theatre, the big pink fairy flow logo. You can't miss us. <laughs> and at Funtime Theatre on Instagram. And hello at funtimetheatre.co.uk to email us directly. Yeah, have a chat, see what you can do to book these guys in for an event, which will be obviously following all guidelines. You know how to do it. It'll be We're pros uh, at that now. We're pros at the sanitising and the social distancing. Absolutely. But, <laughs> and, of course, our dive is open now for the rest of the year, so... Yeah. Get your dates in. <laughs> Plenty to do. Roger Chadwick of Funtime Theatre. Once again, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks. <laughs>Additional easing of lockdown has seen the return of some outdoor sports. EAB's Academy is one of those things that's able to recommence. It is taking bookings, it is busy, but Ewan Baggett joins me on the line now to tell me more about what you can happen and when. Hello, sir. Hi, mate. How's it going? Oh, good. I trust you're uh, quite keen to be back outside. Yeah, absolutely. It's been um, it's been a long three months. I think probably the hardest three months of the um, 
of the lockdown trilogy so far. Um, but you know, it's it's good that we can uh, we can meet outside now with with six people and stuff. So not too bad. Uh, but it does mean with being able to see the return of outdoor sport that uh, the academies can take place, and the youngsters you're looking at are already socially mixing at schools. So uh, the fact that you're also doing that in a sensible social distance way when you come into the classes is just another great way of then getting some brilliant exercise. Yeah, exactly that. Um, obviously, schools have been back now for a few weeks, uh, and school sports and and different clubs and things like that. Um, and I think they've, you know, especially at the the age that we teach, um, you know, between say seven and twelve, there's so much development there. And and, and at that period of time, you know, when you're in the, when you're in those age groups, it's so important to to be in as many different clubs as possible. So you know, that doesn't just mean. For- Football, it means, you know, say cricket, it means basketball, it means any kind of um, social activities you can do. So we just try and push push them to do as, mu- as much as they can at that possible and really try and find themselves. But yeah, just being, you know, being back and being able to to mix in, in those bigger groups that we can do now and put social distance, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, most of the skills, you, you, a lot of things that you're doing can be done easily social distance anyway. It, it's not one-on-one tackling all the time. It, it's very much about you know, being able to show off a little bit, I think, which is good. And that's something that, uh, you know, with, with your freestyling uh, history, uh, it, it is just such good fun to be able to see people doing this and be able to get everyone to join in again. Yeah, no, exactly that. And, and it's... It's interesting you said about the, the showing off aspect because that's the whole reason why um, why I got into skills in the first place. You know, I was in my club teams. I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to express myself more. I wanted to take players on. I wanted to do skills on the sidelines. My manager was like, look, we need to focus on the game. Just none of that. Let's just, you know, hoof the ball up, run onto it. Let's do all that. So we really trying to try and encourage self-expression in the academy. And that's one thing that we always have uh, tried to encourage, you know, um, can you can you give yourself as much time on the ball um, but also feel as comfortable as possible whilst doing mm-hmm. that you know can you um, put in skills into the game in, a, in an effective way so not just you know standing in the corner doing step overs can you actually take players on can you create space for the players um, so that you know that self-expression is a massive part of the academy and that's something that we really want to try and teach you know kids all the way from mini kickers to that pre-academy stage of 13, 14. Yeah, because it is about having confidence in what you're doing and that's where the skills can build that. Obviously, it builds ball control as well, so you've already got that that going into a, an actual match. But yeah. you say it, it, it's about being the person that you want to be on the ball. And, yeah, OK, football is a team game. You will play together. But equally, you can do these little flourishes as part of a, a, a standard match. We, we've seen it in everywhere from grassroots through to the Premier League. And uh, yeah, I think that that's part of the, the joy of football, isn't it? It is a team game, but it is also about seeing what an individual player can do. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, the self-expression, like I've said, self-expression is so is so important. And and like I said earlier about the you know the age groups that we teach between seven seven to to thirteen. Um, you know, you, you really are trying to find yourself as not just a footballer, but as like a young adult as well. Um, uh, you know, seven is a push for a young adult. But like I said, as they get towards that academy stage, they do start to develop this personal, um, you know, th- this is how I play and this is how I want to take my play in, into team games. Um, so, yeah, so really just trying to, you know, create that that opportunity for players to in their Sunday league games, there might be, you know, they might be a little bit bit scared to, to take players on and their coaches might be telling them different. But on the on our Monday sessions, we literally just tell them, guys, look, have fun, you know, learn some skills. Um, you know, we have little like panic competitions. So we focus on like nutmegs as well. Obviously, that's not part of football in a way, but it's again, it's fun and it's uh, you're learning different skills, you know, how to open up a player. Um, so there's loads of different stuff that, that we just try and teach. But again, it all ultimately comes down to that self-expression aspect. I bet enjoying the game around the game as well as the actual yeah. match itself. And if you're the, uh, the, the the sub who's warming off with, uh, and doing some amazing ball skills on the touchline, actually, you're more likely to end up on the pitch as well, aren't you? Exactly, exactly that. <laughs> so uh, what else is going on? Because obviously this gives you a chance to create more content. You've been working uh, within your, your home bubble uh, for for weeks, uh, you you're back uh, with the the rest of your peers when it comes down to bringing some good moves online. Yes, exactly. We're um, yeah, obviously during the lockdown period, I was just very much focusing on just kind of um, you know doing my standard videos. So 
going out, finding a, a football player who's done a crazy skill and recreating it and then uploading that. And that's one series that I love to do. Uh, but now that we can mix with more people, um, I've been meeting up obviously this week um, with a guy called uh, Ben Nuttall and also John Farmworth. So two uh, Guinness World Record holders in the world of uh, freestyle football. Um, so it's been great to kind of, you know, uh, combine our knowledge and think of different things uh, that we can do, uh, you know, together. Because when you put, say, three creative heads together it's just so fun because you know you bounce ideas off each other all the time and um, you're thinking oh you know someone does one skill and then the other person does another skill and you're like oh you could combine that and make a new skill so it's so fun to uh, to obviously be able to meet up with uh, with more freestylers and more influencers and stuff like that so um yeah it's i'm just really looking forward to the summer now hopefully it all continues yeah and you'll continue to influence the influencers and uh, come up with some more amazing <laughs> stuff and say so it does get yeah. you noticed online fantastic followers on there but so let's let's do it all so we've got the academy we've got the uh, the socials to plug over to you you're probably going to take you about five minutes so go for it now yeah, cool. Um, so EAB, EAB Skills Freestyle Academy is the uh, is the main one. So that's our website, EAB Skills uh, Freestyle Academy. Um, also on the Facebook and on the Instagram. And obviously, just for me, it's just EAB Skills. So anything that I do personally is EAB Skills. Um, but yeah, we've got spaces left for our next course, which starts on the 19th of April. Um, so it's a six weeks course, 19th of April um, at Soccer Zone, Hell Zoe. Um, so if you have any information for that, just head over to Facebook, EAB Skills Freestyle academy yeah and when you see what's on there you'll realize even if you do have to travel a little bit to get to that it is absolutely well worth doing this man knows how to do it and the thing is he's been doing this sort of stuff since he was your kid's age if you're looking at sending him along and are you getting on a bit now old are you know <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm 22 now. It, so it, I've been doing it, doing it since I was 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah, and he's blooming good. Uh, I know thousands of people who've been impressed. Literally, th- more than 30,000 people have seen him do this in one go and have been wildly mm. impressed. Plus the internet at the same time. It's scary the numbers of people who've seen this man work, and it is well <laughs> worth doing. You're great to speak to you as ever. Keep up that good work. Keep tra- sharing your skills, which is the other good thing. You don't keep it to yourself. Uh, EAB Skills, you and Bagger. Thanks again. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Mind Dudley, our guests of LGBT Plus Sparkle, this coming Thursday, the 8th of April. Tell us more. I'm joined not only by LGBT Plus Sparkle's Paul Ryder, but also Sandra Vaughan from Mind Dudley. Hello to you both. Hello. Hi. Right, so Paul, tell us uh, a little bit about how this talk came together. I don't know if Sam, you can shed, shed some light, Sandra. Um, I met Sandra at an event. I can't remember what event it was. I've been to that many um, different meetings. Yeah, so many online things. Uh, so, so, Sandra, where did you bump into Paul then? It was a couple of online meetings, actually. I can't remember which ones they were, but, um, <laughs> yeah, Paul popped up. He knows what it's like with uh, online meetings these days. There's an awful lot of them, and uh, many people making great connections out of that, and that's where this comes from. And this sets you up for this week's conversation. So, Paul, first of all, give us the details of when this is taking place. This is the... 8th of April, um, Thursday, 2pm till 3.30. So, Sandra, tell us a bit about the work of Minding Dudley and the sort of areas we're touching on this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're called Dudley Mind, but we do do work across the Black Country and also in the Wire Forest. Um, We are part of the Federation of Mind, but we are a separate charity in our own right. Um, And obviously, it's you know, Mind is a big name in mental health. I think um, a lot of people don't realise that Mind the Federation is in some ways very different to what we do on the ground. So we support people with, I suppose generally, the sentence is we support people with their mental health or their mental well-being. And to be honest, that's everybody, that's all of us. From time to time, we all find our mental health challenged. Uh, Just when I was waiting to link up, I had a phone call from somebody actually who was saying, I don't know why I'm feeling like this at the minute, you know, and this has been our our line through um, COVID. A lot of people have had their mental health challenged. So, I mean, it's about, we do a lot of peer mentoring stuff, a bit like Paul does, I guess, with his, uh, his group, his Sparkle group, you know, everybody needs to talk. We talk about that a lot. We've had a lot of calls from males, um, we, I, I hope that we're all very non-judgmental. You know, my staff are really good. We only have a very, very small paid staff team. People don't realise how small it is um, because my aim is that we don't waste money. 
Um, people raise money for us. We don't have a lot of um, contract work, so we rely very much on donations and fundraising. Mm-hmm. And we value every single penny that comes in, and we try to use that so we can support people. And what sort of ways are there for helping someone through? So you've already mentioned the fact we can have a conversation, and uh, you know, that is something we've missed in real life for so long. So our usual group of, of peer chat has just not been there in real life. That's where groups like LGBT for Sparkle and you know, even the family quiz on a, you know, maybe on a Sunday night or something, when everyone gets together for a bit of a chat over Zoom or, uh, or similar. Uh, you know, these are the the sort of things which have which have helped but it isn't an easy time there's a there's a lot of uh, of worry out there surrounding the situation let alone by our immediate day-to-day lives so you know there's there's an awful lot that people do need assistance with so how do you approach that from from mine's point of view when you're actually on the ground working around Dudley in the black country i mean the, the thing is jason and, and paul i mean we do have some groups that are meeting face to face so because they're classed as therapeutic groups, they can still yeah. meet. And some people are desperate for that face-to-face meeting. Other people are frightened. They want the online meetings. Um, so I think it's a bit of mix and match. I mean, what we do do, we, we offer a support line up till midnight, seven days a week. And some people from there might come to the Zoom group one of the Zoom groups. Some may come to the face-to-face group, obviously bearing in mind numbers because, you know, we do have a restriction on numbers, obviously, to keep in line with government uh, guidelines. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people we have, um, we use a lot of volunteers. Uh, So some people might have a volunteer who uh, phones them on a regular basis. Last year, during what I call the, the proper lockdown, when everything was really silent. Mm-hmm. Um, we had volunteers who were ringing people every single day for several months. I myself rang somebody for three months, every day for an hour. Um, and it's about making people realise, I guess, that they're not on their own, that they are important. You know, um, everybody's an individual. And like I said before, mental health about everybody. It's not one in four, it's one in one. Mm-hmm. You know, and anybody who denies and says, I never have mental distress or worry or stressed, you know, they're not really being open and honest. Mm-hmm. It often seems like that, that one in four is the person who actually needs help to be given to them. Uh, everybody, yeah, others may be reaching out, but if you, if you are sort of, you know, seem to be stuck in this situation, there, there are people there to talk to and, and there is help. So it is worthwhile reaching out. We know that one in four will have a very difficult time where they will struggle to use the resources around them on their own. So that that's really, I think, where the, the 25% comes in, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's, that goes back to the 1900s, mm-hmm. 1990s. You know, we said one in four. I mean, we say now one in six children, uh, and that's changed because before COVID, we were talking about three in every classroom, so one in ten. Now we're talking about one in six. And I guess, you know, yeah, you're right about that that diagnosis side, I guess, in a way, that one in four. But a lot of people... That one in one, if they don't speak to somebody, that develops into something more mm-hmm. that can develop into something far worse. And particularly if you think about COVID, the isolation that people have experienced, that's had a massive effect on people's mental well-being. Um, furloughing, working from home, you know, some people have taken their own lives because they couldn't cope with working from home. And, and, and each of those lives, hopefully with a with some help and care, could have been recovered. And uh, this is where the likes of mine come in and groups like LGBT to Sparkle and yeah. so many other community get-togethers that can, can make a difference. And with the fact you have Zoom and there's a focus on telephone calls, actually, this could help more people more easily when they don't wish to come forward and join a group. Yeah, I mean, it is it is good. The only thing that worries me, and I was banging on for ages um, when COVID struck, about people being digitally excluded, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people still. Now I've started to change slightly my my thinking into why are we forcing people into digital working? Some people don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to have that in their lives. And I think we have to think about, you know, at the beginning of COVID, you couldn't even get a test unless you were online. Yeah. You couldn't phone and book a test 
which obviously we've changed slightly now. So that actually really excluded an awful lot of people. Mm -hmm. And we're very good without without realising that we do exclude quite a few people from things. Mm. Um, but I think you, you have to have that balance. I mean, for us, the Dudley Mind, I mean, we've been working all the way through. We've not been working from home. You know, and um, I'm slightly irritated when I have all these meetings and everybody's at home, <laughs> you know, and I'm in the office. Um, but, yeah, I think it's we've taken COVID as an opportunity. Yeah, it's a terrible threat, but we've used it as an opportunity to move forward. We wanted to branch into online stuff. You know, we deliver a lot of training online. We're not going to go all online because that would be wrong. There's still people who need that physical face-to-face. -face. You know, with our horticultural project, you know, people need to be there. Our running group in Wolverhampton, we're hoping to get back next Saturday. You know, um, the Monday night group that meets face-to-face -face at our, our hub. You know, I've been to that group and I can see how much benefit people are getting from that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, through social distancing, which has been ongoing, and the fact that, say, there is this extra layer now, which is online. And you say, you talk about digital exclusion now. I mean, in the past, many people would have only used the library uh, to be able to get online. And uh, that, that was the, the, the lifeline for people who needed to do so many things which have to be done through computers these days. More people have machines, more people have had the opportunity to, to pick up their devices which they can use, or devices which were underused before, they may have had some assistance uh, from you know, friends and family initially, and then during the gap, it was that gap where we didn't have that tight lockdown that allowed us to really get everyone ready for the next stage of lockdown in many ways. So hopefully there's more people, fingers crossed, who can access these online services. But as you say, real life is essential, and activities are essential. You've already talked about the, uh, the allotment, and growing things, and uh, yeah, that, that sort of in, interactive hands-on experience can be such a great outlet. When it comes down to like crafting tools and and, and do maybe doing woodwork or painting, these again are all great things that we you know we, we may all do in our day-to-day -day lives anyway. We don't realise that we're actually doing this for our mental health, as it were. But yeah, it, it's something we enjoy doing, and it's having those things that we enjoy, having the interaction that uh, allows that. And whether it's an online painting class that, that makes a difference to somebody in future, or whether they are getting together you know these sort of things can be absolutely huge in in someone's life without them even realizing it a lot of the time and help them to get through and it's, it's through the uh, the coordination activities of uh, groups like Dudley Mind that the, the, uh, this makes a difference and the running itself that bit of physical exercise can really turn someone's week around yeah I mean that's quite true I mean it's simple things sometimes because a few weeks ago I went over to um, Darleston to take some wool and knitting needles to a lady who'd rung up feeling really isolated and said, I can't even knit or do anything because I can't get out to my knitting group. And uh, I went online and I bought the wool and the needles and took them over and we've kept in touch with her to see how she is because she's on her own, isolated. Mm -hmm. And she started knitting and doing things. And it's made just that simple things made a, a massive difference. But, you know, there's so many people that are really struggling just just thinking about, you know, in the early days, a lot of people contacted us with addictions where they found the services weren't there um, because obviously groups had closed down. And those were the first people we started to really support. But, you know, we've come across people that have been in real financial hardship. You know, a lady, in, another lady in Warsaw um, said she would have taken her own life if it hadn't been for her dog. You know, where she was being sanctioned, because she could, she hadn't got a phone even mm -hmm. to go online to look for jobs, and she'd been sanctioned by Universal Credit, you know. And you see people in real dire straits, and you know, just taking a, a parcel of food over. Um, I, even my sister cooked and took meals over for her. You know, it's when you see people like that, and it does make things really worthwhile when you can see you've made a difference. Mm -hmm. Because Christmas Eve, she sent me a text saying she didn't know how we'd done it, but it made such a difference to her life. I mean, we don't do it for thanks, you know, but sometimes it's really good to know you've made that difference. Yep. I mean, if anything, you know, just knowing that they then go back to something of a, of a more ordered life for them, that's 
enough and the fact you they, they don't need to contact you but then you know they're ongoing is 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 what makes the difference and you know it's through yeah. through the work through what happens and the way in which you, know, you can see such good work coming from a, a fantastic charity and through the talk that you're going to give on Thursday you're not only going to be uh, talking about the availability of the for those who need help but also it's an opportunity for you know, anyone to get involved too and you say you've got a great volunteer base, you have uh, suitable training for it, there will be opportunities, it may not be now, it may be later, but uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be the chance there, plus the opportunity to support financially as well. So where do we find out about all of the events that you have through Dudley Mind and the fundraising opportunities out there? You can go on the website and uh, that's probably the best way or our social media. We're just having to change our website because National Mind have rebranded and uh, it means that local minds have got a rebrand as well. So, so lots of changes. So, and we have had to shelve a lot of big fundraising events, but um, we've got a few charity partners who uh, raise money for us. Um, we're, we're really lucky uh, in that respect. Mm. As soon as, you know, Marks and Spencers are one of our charity partners. And up until COVID, we could raise £1,000 over a weekend backpacking. So... Um, you know, obviously we've lost that sort of income stream. So it's, it's about scratching around in a way. But, you know, the work we do is, you know, no more valuable than the work Paul does with the with the group, LGBT um, Sparkle. You know, every group is, is valuable. And I think it's really important to have this joined up, you know, connections with other people. And that's mm. why I think Paul and I have linked up you know, we can all uh, support and help one another. Definitely. It's not about people working in isolation. I'm not, um, you know, I don't guard what we do. You know, if we can offer and help somebody, we will. That's what it's about. We, we have a board of voluntary trustees. They go out and they do things. Two of them run a walking group. Uh, sounds a bit strange, run a walking group. <laughs> um but yeah, you know, my trustees get stuck in. So Google Dudley Mind and you'll be able to pick up not only the socials, but also that evolving website as well. And uh, yeah, it's be able to be there to help support the group and it gives you contact details if you want to get in touch, if you're able to assist. Plus, of course, we do have that talk with LGBT plus Sparkle taking place when Sandra will be there this Thursday. Paul, give us all the details once more on how people can get involved and what else you've got going on with LGBT plus Sparkle this week. It's LGBT plus Sparkle, Wolverhampton. You can find us on Facebook or email us lgbtqsparkle at gmail.com. And I just agree with Sandra, you know, we shouldn't be forcing people to be digitally excluded. You know, everyone deserves to have a choice. I totally agree with that. We've worked very closely with Healthwatch Wolverhampton. Um, so if anyone needs any services, they signpost them to the relevant services. And that's why we work very closely with them. And also in April, they said that we're going to be on their annual report mm -hmm. to say that we've worked really closely with them. So I just wanted to mention that, which I think is fantastic in itself. Yeah, that's brilliant news. And of course, uh, we first started talking about your group when you were able to meet in real life. And uh, you very quickly adapted to the online world to try and keep uh, some assistance there. And uh, I, I assume there'll be a hybrid model a little bit later on in the year when you're able to meet up again. So my mental health struggled during the first lockdown. Yeah. And I had to adapt them to online. If it were for these meetings that I'm attending all the time now, I don't know. I, would if, I don't think I'd have coped. Mm -hmm. It's by keeping busy that helps me to cope. Yeah. But everyone's got different coping me mechanisms. Everyone's an individual, but we all need some help in some way, sometime. And uh, it's it's knowing that which can make the difference sometimes. And uh, if you don't realise that there is help and assistance or that you need it, then that can be part of that spiral downwards. And we need to make sure that we take that away and we can all hopefully work together to bring a, a happier community on the whole without some of the, uh, the difficult times which get pushed at us, uh, particularly sometimes through online as well. And so, Sandra, just before we go, have you got a contact email address as well where people can get in touch directly? Yeah, they can um, email us on inquiries at dudleymind.org.uk or me directly on sandra.vaughan, that's V-A-U-G-H-A-N, 
at dudleymind.org.uk. Always again, thank you both for joining us. Don't forget LGBT Plus Sparkle this Thursday, the 8th at 2 till 3.30. Look on Facebook for the group, ask to join as it is a private group. And once you're in there, Paul will make sure you get your invite to the meeting itself. And uh, keep up the good work with Dudley Mind, Sandra. And we look forward to uh, being able to hopefully help with some real life events in the not too distant future. Thanks for both joining us. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Pandemic dating has consisted of dating apps at 42%, voice notes at 26%, and video calls at 19%, with the occasional socially distanced walk in the park. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Naomi Walkland, head of the UK and Ireland of Bumble, and Lossie Beddo, Great British Bake Off contestant from 2020. Hello to you both. Hello. Hello. Lottie, you spent half of the summer locked in a tent well away from virtually everybody. Uh, were you looking for love at the time? I, I was. I was looking at love. I'll be honest, I did have to put it on pause to develop some recipes and get in that <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it, it's it's an ongoing mission for me. And uh, would, are you a dating app fan? And uh, do, do you enjoy the, sort of the convenience that it brings, uh, but and the control that you have there? Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, lockdown forced a lot more of us um, who were possibly a little reticent to get online to go online because it was the only way we could meet and interact with anyone. So um, I think the study that's been done by Bumble has shown that that stigma surrounding online dating has is lessening. Um, and that means that, you know, it's okay to jump online and to meet new people. And I certainly enjoy being able to have a video chat with someone first, just to check they are who they say they are before I end up meeting them in real life. Yeah, because they know who you are, because you've got a blue tick on virtually every one of your outlets. So we know you are Lottie. So we've got some good background and we know that the baking is phenomenal. So uh, does that enter into it when you are looking at a date? Are you having to give recipe tips and also yeah, share biscuits? Yeah, so uh, a few of the people that have slid into the DMs have not been looking for recipe tips, let's put okay. it that way. Um, okay. So it is useful to be able to just check who they are they know as you say like uh, they often know who I am mm -hmm. um, and it's nice to be able to just double check in with who they are have a chat see if we have anything in common and um, take it from there uh, and Naomi when you did this research I mean you, you must have been uh, pleased to see that obviously dating is continuing the app is also you know in, in massive use and people are just craving the the chance to meet up with other people and as soon as things start to ease even further there'll be a, a lot of pent-up frustration that uh, can be released. It's been a crazy year, lots of ups and downs, but a lot of positives that we're really, really excited about. I mean, the fact that a lot of people feel comfortable to say that they are using dating apps and they've met someone on a dating app, I think it's fantastic. I think back to a few years ago when I was on Bumble and I met my now husband on Bumble, it was you know, there was a, few, a bit of stigma attached to the time, but now it really is the norm. It is the way that people are connecting. And I think what I've been really excited about is just frankly how creative people are when it comes to video dating. I mean, I've heard amazing stories of people, you know, having a virtual night and glass of wine whilst meeting a person or meeting the pets and having their puppies or their animals on a call to meet for the first date. And I think the most important thing when I think about from a um, woman's safety perspective is you can do this from the comfort of your own home, which is pretty great. And so I think a lot of these trends have been positive for dating. I think a lot of people are taking a lot more time to get to know one another. And I think this is brilliant. The rise of slow dating, the rise of really making sure you've got that meaningful connection before, you know, being making the big step to meeting that person for a socially distance walk. And so a lot of these trends we expect to continue. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that socially distance walk is one of the exciting things. And, and lastly, I know that in the research we've got here, we're showing that uh, the likes of Arthur's Seat have been popular, Kew Gardens, uh, all those sort of places, which are naturally uh, yeah, beauty spots. Uh, have you been out for a wander with anybody? I have been out for a wander. Uh, the delights of Littlehampton are limited, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um, you do get to see the sea, though, which is a nice conversation point. But I think that by the time I've gone out in real life and met someone for a walk, I'm aware that we have something quite and that you know we have enough to talk about and that's the joy with the kind of the online thing to start with it's like having that video date just make sure that when you do go for a stroll you're not just going to be strolling in silence you've got loads to talk about because they'll have plenty of bake-off questions as, as many as i have and I'm, I'm just sort of refraining from asking too much just at the moment but when it comes down to the, the, the likes of winning the tent though your life has been on camera so you, you've kind of shared that in in a, a, an experience that way so it makes it even easier for you when it comes down to the dating but it's not something anyone should be scared of is it definitely not and i think that you know if i'm if i'm willing to put myself 
myself out there and and the nation has seen me at my absolute worst dripping in sweat with an ice cream cake sliding about <laughs> i'm willing to put myself out there then everyone else should feel comfortable doing so as well and were there no hints of love for you on your on the show not on the show no, no so there was no one to flirt with come on there was no one to flirt with we weren't even allowed to talk to talk to crew in case they accidentally told us about you know a secret thing that was coming up in the technical so um i spent a lot of time in my hotel room on my own and i spent a lot of time thinking about cake and apart from that it was a bit it was a bit dry i'll be honest but, but uh the the, the moment of uh, uh realization afterwards and the excitement of being on tv and and did that change your dating profile a bit as well did you have to be a bit more careful yeah so i think that i was struggling enough as it was before i went on the show and then finally going on the show and realizing that people felt as though they knew me um has been quite quite difficult to navigate because i'm quite polite mm-hmm. and i feel like when someone messages me i do need to give them something like i need to reply and so i end up sort of saying thank you so much for being so lovely about my physical appearance on the show (laughs) I don't want to go for a walk with you thank you so yeah it has made it's made dating that little bit harder to navigate but I'm I'm getting through it with the help of uh, virtual dating yeah and the virtual dating is the thing as you say this is what can make that easier and if you're somebody who who sometimes maybe lacks confidence in having that first conversation uh, doing it virtually is a brilliant way of doing it when you do finally get to meet you know that you have got that background you've also got the comfort of knowing that the bumble is a sort of platform that really is about trying to find love and it's not just uh, you know, one of those throwaway sites that there seem to be uh, quite a lot of out there and Naomi you must be really proud of uh, the work that you do at Bumble to make it a great safe platform. Yeah absolutely that I mean we really are about fostering and making meaningful connections and I think the fact that Bumble has opportunities to display your values and your interests when I think about my experience and being dating on Bumble was so great. And when I was looking at my husband and at the time he wasn't my husband's profile, I was like, this is great. I know a bit about his fitness regime and a little bit about his bio. And I think it's really a place to kind of form those meaningful connections. And um, it's, it's fantastic. And I think we've all, a lot of the things that we're seeing right now with the connections being made and the positives around the stories as well, it's just a brilliant thing. And I'm really, really excited about dating. I'm really excited around how things ease up and, and continuing a lot of these things, really continuing a lot of, of the elements that we've all loved, such as slow dating, getting time to know each other, and also just all the creativity. I think that needs to continue. Yeah, and I think it's about not having the the feeling that you need to, to, to rush, rush. There will be an appropriate pace. And Bumble allows you to do that, to talk to people the way you want to. And uh, Lottie, have you got anybody who you're thinking about at the moment who's a distinct possibility on there? I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm, I'm, still... I'm just throwing a lot of personal questions at you. Don't want oh, me. No, that's fine. I'm, a fa- I'm an open book, Jason, to be honest. Um, no, I'm still waiting, but I have high hopes. And um, I think that this is really allowing me to get to know people and not be as judgmental as I might be in real life you know I I have been known to run away from a first date before I've even sat down so this doesn't this doesn't let me do that you know I can I can meet the people online I feel more um, able to be myself and I can wear my scrumpies what I call them I can wear my joggers under the table they don't need to know Um, and it just means that yeah I feel I feel much more positive about this way of doing things and I'm certainly going to keep it up in the future yeah and it it, it's a it it stops you wasting time I think doesn't it as well and that's another big part of it uh, because you, you know what you're dealing with before you then finally get to going out and uh, you can also have discussed uh, making sure that the bill's paid in an appropriate way as well yeah I think it's important when um, when when those kind of things are really tricky on a first date in person it's really nice to have ironed out those details before you get there no one feels awkward it can be avoided quite simply uh, Naomi where can we go to for more information about all that Bumble has to offer yeah really simple Bumble's a free dating app so you can go to the App Store or Google Play. And uh, just download the app, get yourself signed up. And uh, what's your age limits on that? Over 18s only? Over 18s only. And just importantly, have fun. Dating is fun. Be open-minded um, and enjoy the journey. Yeah, and to say, you get to know someone before you actually meet up too. And of course, there's that nice history of your conversations you can look back to. And you think it helps you, helps you score them out of 10. Lottie, do you have a scoring system? <laughs> <laughs> I do have a scoring system. Uh, chat is the first thing that needs to be assessed. If they have no chat, I have no interest. So chat comes first and then I'll look at through their photos. But definitely the chat comes first for me. 
Okay, and have a good conversation, see how it goes from there. Well, and Naomi Walkland, head of UK and Ireland at Bumble, and of course, the wonderful Lottie Bedlow, um, celebrity star now, I think, from uh, her, her Bake Off days. And uh, is there a cookbook? Just is there a cookbook? I couldn't possibly say. Okay, so there may be a cookbook coming soon. Uh, <laughs> thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That's your lot for this week. Back with episode 616 next week. I look forward to having you along then. See you soon. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.